breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Can I say it this time? Yeah, this 1017 FM, 710 Kiel, Mike and McCarty. It's okay. I'm, I have your permission. I'm out, oh, I'm not out of ammo. Okay, I got more ammo. Good. Okay. <laughs> In studio with us this morning, Terry Netterville. A little ray of sunshine. Yes. Is this your not first that, time to meet Not Ms. that Terry? you're not. Yeah. It is. Y'all have never met? Yeah. We have never met. I'll be. Are we on the right mic, Ruby? We got her on the right mic. I have both mics up. Right okay. Now. <laughs> One of them's Google. She's on. She's on the first, the number two, right? Yeah. I think so. Okay. You are one of the. You are the American mama now, and I and I just may she rest in peace. Denise Denise Arthur was an amazing woman, and y'all shared the microphone. But yes. now you're solo. Um, on American ground, we can hear you every evening, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. You're I, on every night then. I am. Yeah. Our, our segment comes on about 624. Um, you know, I have to go back and say something about Denise really fast. Okay, well, you, I'm going to adjust this so we can hear you better. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, Thank you. you. I actually talked to her husband last night. Oh, cool. Um, and we were just talking about how, what a light in this world. And he said something that was, it's so true, and you feel this so deeply. I felt this when my dad died. He said, I just, I kind of feel gypped, you know? And I said, of course. And yes. he said, it's like she had so much left to do, and that's how you feel because she was the one. She was the light of that studio. She was mm-hmm. the funny one. She was, I was the laugher, you know? Right. She was the one that kind of came out with the zingers. And um, and to say that Stephen and Lewis and I miss her is an understatement it is it is we will miss her i will miss her until my last breath yes an, ama- an amazing woman right you you are here mike wanted to, to meet you but we we also want to talk to you about um of parenting issues and all this back to school stuff we hear a lot about and we don't get back to the basics right. of what our children need when they go back to class and they're before people that we don't know yet mm-hmm. this is a teacher you're handing your little one over to yeah and what are some of your tips for parents, for grandparents, when you do? Because we all know most of our teachers are great, mm-hmm. but occasionally we'll have one that we're like, ah. Yeah. What are some of your tips for parents as they send their kids back to the schools? Well, of course, there's different tips for different age groups. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to know the teachers and walking the kids through and all of that. But I think ultimately you have to trust the process. You know what I mean? You just have to trust that everybody is there for the right reasons until there's uh, a reason that's given for you not to. Mm-hmm. And so you send your child um, on this quest and you make them excited about it. It, it kind of starts before school where you're telling your kids, this is going to be one of the greatest chapters of your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to freaking dominate this year. Yes. You know, um, get to know the teachers. I loved my children's teachers. They absolutely, they were there for the right reasons. Um, and I think that that relationship is very important. Of course, you get in high school, you don't know them as well. Mm-hmm. I knew a lot of them, but right. I didn't know all of them. But you empower your children to have a voice. You know, you're your child's greatest advocate. What do you do, though, when we... Ha- you, we, uh, we you say that, and let me just interject, mm-hmm. but you're not their best friend. No. They need you Correct. to be their parent. Correct. 
if that mm-hmm. makes sense. That's so funny. Well, yeah, of course it does. Um, we were talking about this last night. My and son, I don't mean you. I mean no, as no, a parent, no. I know. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I I completely agree with you. We were celebrating Steele's birthday last night. And this subject came up. We were talking about, you know, that part of it. And we were talking about somebody specifically. And I said, well, you know, that kind of makes me sad. And still said, well, that's because their mom tried to be their best friend rather than their mom during those years. Mm. And, and he recognizes that. Yes. And we would talk. We, well, we said that to our children. I'm not your best friend. I am your mom. And yeah. I am here to help guide you. And if I don't have your approval about this, it's okay. One day you'll understand because one day you will have children of your own. So I do think that a lot of parents... Um, get into this place where, I mean, you do want to be loved by your kids. You sure. do want to be buds with them. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, my children are. But that comes later in life. Yes. If you did your job yes. as a parent, that comes later. I'm closer to my kids now than I've ever been. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, my kids also knew because we were a very communicative family. We talked about everything. We had family meetings. They knew that they, that they could they could come to me. They could come to their father with absolutely anything and everything, and we would communicate with them. We mm-hmm. would talk about it, like um, like in high school. Um, that's when really things get a little bit more difficult because now you're dealing with the peer pressure of what comes in high school. And so we would talk about those things. We empowered our children. A lot of people might not agree with this, but we didn't give our children curfews. None of them ever had a curfew. And a lot of my friends would say, well, what? What? You know, and it was because we empowered them early on. We said, we trust y'all. We know, you know, when you start putting that stuff into their psyche, they mm-hmm. don't want to disappoint you. So we would say things to them like, we trust you. We know that you're going to do the right thing. We know that you're going to come in at the right time. Mm-hmm. And if it's too late. Yeah. We- but you, you have great kids, but they're not perfect. No child is perfect. Correct. So what do you do when those kids you have given that trust to when they do wrong? Parents are making mistakes, and in, in when their kids do wrong, mm-hmm. oh, they're not doing some of the right things to make sure you correct it. What are your suggestions for when your kids do stray or do do things wrong? You have to make sure they know that's not acceptable. Well, for sure. Um, luckily, my husband, Kevin, Kevin and I, uh, we are such a team that when anything like that happened, we would have we would have our own meeting with them and talk to them, you know, maybe go in their room and have a conversation. But I think before it gets to that point, if you talk about the consequences, like the one thing that I would do, if I heard a story about a kid that um, maybe even just went went to a party and, and got drunk and then maybe uh, had an accident or hit somebody, even if it was somewhere like in North Dakota, mm-hmm. I would bring those stories out. And I would say, y'all will not believe this kid's life is ruined. He, he was the quarterback. He was this. He was Mr. Mm-hmm. Popular. And then he made the decision to get behind the wheel after he took had some alcohol and now his life is over and same same token i would tell my boys before they went to college i would talk about that kid from brigham young i would say be careful who you are with Mm -hmm. if you get in a situation where, where you're with the opposite sex sometimes that can go wrong and they can be psycho and i talked about the quarterback <laughs> i was like let me tell you Especially something like you're be very son. careful because this <laughs> this kid from brigham young you, you know he had a night out met this girl they had their time and then he dissed her so what she did is she came back and she accused him of rape well his life is over so i i would tell those stories that they would be like oh my god i mean it sounds like beverly goldberg you know mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. but it truly is one of those things that we would tell them stories so that they would know 
um, that there's consequences to every action. Uh, but we'll love them through it. Can you stay with us? Of course. Wonderful. We'll be back. Terry Netterville with Micah McCarty. What a Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Yeah, I told my kids, anytime yeah. you need something, you call. Yes. If I'm on the air, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I'm, I mean, my daughter, that last yeah. segment, my yeah. daughter yeah. was calling me. Oh, I love <laughs> So that. I'm texting, cool. you know, you okay? Happy birthday to yours, by the way. Steele had a 25th yes. birthday last night. Oh, thank you. Tell him we said happy yeah, birthday. I'll do uh, it. Terry Netterville, American Mama, is with us. What is what is the, and I didn't prep you on this, but so it, you, it's cold. What's the biggest mistake the younger generation parent is making today? Oh, I think probably. You, you have an hour? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think what it is is we were not allowed to be victims during the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said this before with the guys. Victimhood has become a beauty mark in this generation. And so I think the mistake is not empowering your kid to to dominate that. Do not be a victim. Don't like if you get your feelings hurt because they're kids are going to have their feelings hurt no matter what grade, especially middle school, high school, they're mm-hmm. going to have their feelings hurt. Instead of having that mindset of, okay, what little kid do I need to throat punch? Who's going down? Mm-hmm. Who hurt my baby? You need to have that mindset of like scoffing it off like, dude. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Yes. No, are you stupid? No. Then don't worry about what she or he has to say. Exactly. You're not a victim. You know, just absolutely that will empower them for the rest of their lives because we were not in our generation we were not allowed to really be a victim because our parents were like and if we didn't win we didn't get a trophy no right i'm definitely on the side of everybody should get their rightful ribbon first place second place third place and then of course you know you know whenever you have the group activities but no i think that's another uh, that's another thing participation trophy yeah there's mm-hmm. no, yeah. you did a great job. Right. No, shut what's, up. What's that going to mean for us in the long run, though, Terry? When we have this generation of everybody was a victim and mm-hmm. everybody got a trophy, that's that's leading us to doom, isn't well, it? Well, I think it's also fallen by the wayside because we see how unattractive that is. The greatest thing you could ever do is instill confidence into your children because, as we know, confidence is beautiful. You don't have to be. I never was the prettiest girl, the smartest girl are the, you know, what the most athletic, Mm -hmm. but I had confidence and I had a sense of humor and I loved people. (laughs) And I knew that my mission in life was to um, be that person that people could count on for a smile and a warm word. And, and and you do get accolades for that because people recognize that even at an early age. Mm -hmm. And so I do see that parents are kind of coming back around to that because it is so gross to see all the victimhood stuff that we hear on the radio or that we see on TV, celebrities that have, you know, the mansions, and the, but they want to talk about how they were victims and they were... If the school called my mom... Oh, yeah. They didn't... My mom wasn't... Oh, he didn't do that. My mom was like, what did he do? Yeah. 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 Oh, he's going to get it. He's going to get his butt whooped when he gets home. Yeah. You punish him and then he'll yeah. get in a second exactly. dose when he got home. Right. Absolutely. You know, I was listening to Megan Kelly's conversation with Sage Steele. She's the ESPN host that just got um, let go because of her beliefs. She was talking about her family, and I wrote this down because it just resonated with me, and I thought, God, I wish I had this to write down. If every parent could write down this little cadet prayer, your boys probably know it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's four lines. Help me to choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong, and to never tell a half-truth when the whole can be won. 
And she said that her dad, who's military, made her and her brothers recite that. He, they had to memorize that because the truth of it is so empowering. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it does instill that confidence. So I do believe, and honest to God, Erin, I'm not just saying this. I feel like, and I've said this to my kids their whole lives, this generation of children they're going to be the ones who save us because they're not blinded. We didn't know what was going on in government and all of that. Mm-hmm. This generation is strong. So that victimhood mentality of those who are in their 20s or 30s, especially celebrities, it's so gross to them. And so you see a generation rising up now. And I, I have chills thinking about it. I believe they were born for a moment such as this. And they're going to come through for us. I've said this to my children when we, they, we'd be riding, carpooling. I'd say, I'm telling you, your generation, y'all are something special. So I do believe in this next generation. Mm-hmm. I do believe they're going to be the ones to rise up so and get us out of So you're saying there's hope for this country. Oh, no question. I feel like, and I, I get chill thinking about it. God's making a comeback. You can see it everywhere. I listen to podcasts all the time. It is something that I love more than anything. Kevin and I were talking about this the other day. You see the black community rising up in a way like no other. The wisdom that is coming from that community because they are waking up to what's going on. And when I hear them speak, because I told Stephen and Lewis this, I said, sorry, but the, the single white male, I mean, the, the, the single white male, really, his voice doesn't really matter as much right now for whatever reason because of, you know, all the stuff that's going mm-hmm. on in the government. But what I love is these strong black voices that are coming in and the wisdom, that the, the facts and the truth they are spitting out. I can't get it. Like, y'all saw that Oliver Anthony. Yes, that, that yes, just, that song. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin and I were saying that we were talking about the site and Steel and Slade said they did the same thing. If you go in and watch people's reactions to that, when they speak, you're, they're speaking for a generation of no matter your sex, color, creed, religion. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's happening, y'all. It's That's where we all are. are absolutely. There's only yeah. a few on those extremes anymore. I the promise. rest of us are in the middle and we yeah. want change. God's got this. Terry, you're awesome. Thank you. Let's you do it again. Too. I would love it. And I have said before, and just real quick, I've say, I'll say it now. This country... It doesn't have a race problem. It doesn't have a gender. It has a spiritual problem. Mm-hmm. Yes, That's yeah. our issue right now. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Richard Llewellyn from the Weather Channel. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes, this heat, is it ever going away? Mikey McCarty, 101.7 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Okay. Don't need to wake you up. Another. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I went home. I got home, uh, I guess about 4, 4.30. Okay. Yesterday afternoon from GeekCon. Mm-hmm. I crashed. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. The uh, older you get, the more you have to like. It, uh, it takes a little longer to recover. It does. From more things. Mm-hmm. Um. You and I worked next to each other most of the weekend. Yes. Uh, we had great, gr- I, I, I had a wonderful time working with Margaret Carey. Yeah. Most people would never know who, who she mm-hmm. was by her name. Uh, but she was the original model for Tinkerbell. That's Disney's incredible. Tinkerbell in 1951 and 52. They rec- they filmed her on stage doing all of the scenes mm-hmm. that Tinkerbell was in the movie. And then the animators 
illustrated off of her footage. Right. In facial expressions and everything. She's 94. <laughs> to watch this woman oh, she was, was unbelievable. She was showing these little girls her dance steps. She was and, greeting and, and talking <laughs> and chatting and was the sweetest human being. Yes. Oh, unbelievable. And I was you, with Najee Jeter, who's the Spider-Man, and... um. Uh, Miles Morales, and he's in the video game. The new one's coming out uh, in October. What an angel. Najee was a another sweetheart. A bright what? young force. And I'm warning you, Najee Jeter's going to be a superstar one day, and I'll be able to go, he loves me. <laughs> he said he loved me. So I was excited. It was a good day. It was a good weekend. We had a it, it really was a huge lot of fun. crowd. Yes. Huge crowd Two and floors. Oh man, it keeps growing. It keeps growing. People came. I talked to people that were here from eight, ten, twelve hours away. They yeah. came and and just amazing. What an amazing event! I asked somebody one. They were standing in line and and uh, I said, "So are y'all from here?" No, we came from such and such. Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, did you come down? Yeah, we came down for this." Yes. I was like, "That's fantastic." Exactly what they're here for. Yeah. Uh, triple digits are continuing. Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel going to join us next, telling us uh, when that snow is coming. And Mike what's and a red alert? A red flag alert. Yeah. Well, we're under one. He'll yeah. tell us. Mike and McCarty. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, meteorologist with the Weather Channel, Richard Llewellyn joining us. Richard, good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to y'all. How are y'all this morning? Well, we're doing well. Tell me. Aaron was asking, what is a red flag alert, and are we under one now? Yeah, well, that's uh, just an elevated fire danger concern for us here in Shreveport today as the dry conditions and, uh, you know, low relative humidity is going to continue to produce uh, fire weather concerns across the area. So, you know, you want to avoid all outside burning or if you're a welder, if you're a welder and you're welding outside, uh, you don't want to do that. And, of course, you don't want to toss a lit cigarette outside the window because it could start a grass fire or cause other issues. And that red flag warning is in place until 8 o'clock tonight. Well, how about not tossing a cigarette out because it's a trashy thing to do anyway, <laughs> lit or not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't smoke either. So, <laughs> Richard, how hot is it going to be? I mean, the, the, again, 105? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, about 105 here today. I was looking over the numbers uh, from... Over the weekend, we had two days where it was 109 degrees, Friday and Saturday, and uh, I think it was 107 yesterday, I think is what I saw. So oh, pretty, uh, wow. you know, this is this is, this is is air conditioning, at, you know, with these type temperatures. 105 today, 104 tomorrow, 106 on Wednesday. The ridge that's responsible for the heat is going to expand, and we've got excessive heat advisories and heat alerts that stretch all the way to southern Minnesota and as far east as uh, Kentucky, and it will continue to expand eastward all the way to the eastern seaboard as we move on through the week ahead. The ridge of high pressure this morning is now centered in southern Missouri, and it's going to be responsible for the triple-digit heat all week long. In fact, it looks like uh, the warmest days of this week are going to come up on Thursday and Friday for us, where we'll be around 108 for afternoon highs. And then uh, signs are pointing to some Slightly cooler temperatures in about a week's time. Instead of triple-digit temperatures, we'll probably see daytime highs.
closer uh, to to 100 instead of, you know, closer to 110, more seasonal readings in the forecast as we close out the month of August. And then it looks like the chances for another run of triple-digit heat as we move toward Labor Day weekend with temperatures ranging anywhere between 100 and 103 for afternoon highs. Nighttime lows will be cooling off somewhat, but still pretty warm, mostly 70s for highs here. As we really don't see much in the way of any significant cool down coming, we could use some rain. It's getting pretty dry out there. Tropics, uh, you know, there's stuff happening in the Gulf of Mexico this morning. Mm -hmm. We do have an area of low pressure that's south of Mobile and Pensacola this morning, you know, by a couple of hundred miles. It's going to continue to track toward uh, the uh, Texas coast over the next couple of days. Could become a tropical depression or a storm. But it looks like if it's going to bring any rain at all, it's going to be extreme south Texas, south of Corpus Christi, on down toward uh, uh, Brownsville and, and Matamoros, where they will see a little bit better chance for some rain down there. But I don't think the chances of uh, rain getting up this far north and breaking the ridge is going to happen anytime soon. We, we can't bear much more of this. Will there be any relief not necessarily from the from the Gulf, but from anything else that you see brewing out on the western coast that's headed this way. This this ridge of high pressure is pretty intense. I mean, it, it's probably one of the strongest highs that we've seen in quite some time on the weather maps this morning. I mean, the pressures are super high. I mean, if this was if this was winter time, this would be a this would be an Arctic blast. But unfortunately, it's uh you know it's 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 the summertime, so we're dealing with the heat. Nothing really showing signs that uh, anything's going to break this ridge down anytime soon, at least until not after Labor Day. You know, uh, the the hurricane that went into Southern California over the weekend uh, with uh, Hillary, it's quickly accelerating on the northern uh, or on the western edge of the periphery of high pressure. So it's going to be moving from northern California to Canada in less than 18 hours, and then it's going to ride up along the Canadian border Best chances for any rain is going to be on the northern edge of that ridge. And right now that's in North Dakota on into Minnesota. Mm. So, you know, that's, you know, 2,000 miles of just nothing but hot, dry air that's going to stay in place for the better part of two weeks. So no relief on the horizon anytime soon. Now, we're in hurricane season now. Is that correct? Yeah, we are approaching the peak of the hurricane season, and we have a ton of activity going on out in the Atlantic. Three named systems at the moment in the Atlantic, uh, and of course that area of disturbed weather that will more than likely become a depression or a storm uh, a little bit later on uh, uh, this week. Uh, but the systems out further out in the Atlantic are basically the only one that's got a, of any real uh, significance is going to impact Puerto Rico and bring some rain into a Puerto Rico possibly uh, the Dominican Republic and Haiti over the next couple of days. Uh, and then that quickly moves out into the Atlantic. A lot of fish storms uh, this time around. So nothing of an immediate threat to the U.S. East Coast as uh, basically the ridge that's over the center part of the country is kind of dictating weather. And I think that's going to be the case for at least uh, through between now and Labor Day uh, as a lot of the action is just going to stay uh, kind of being steered by that high pressure and away from the U.S. East Coast Gulf and just kind of keeping us dry and hot. Red flag warning right now. Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel. Thank you for your time this morning. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. 101.7. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel.
101.7 FM, 710 Keo, Mikey McCarty. Okay, once again, uh, my wife, yesterday evening, my wife said, I'm going walking. There's a casserole in the fridge. Mm-hmm. I said, good. I said, Saints game starts at 6. You know, mm-hmm. I want to just relax and I want to get excited. You know, Aaron, six minutes into the, I couldn't. I was like, I, I can't do I, it. I, I, I don't care. No. I want to care. I, I did, just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't have cared less. I watched like four minutes of the Cowboys game, and then I was like, "No, I, I'm yeah." Not. I turned that one on. Like can't that do was it. at nine o'clock the other yeah, night. Yeah, this can't Again, do it. I just don't care. Jameis Winston was starting, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and no starters I think were even playing right for the Saints. And I don't, I just did like, Dak ever go in the Cowboys game? I don't know. I didn't hang long enough to I, know. He, Cooper Rush was in the beginning, so I don't know if he ever went in or not. I just. <laughs> I just, eh, eh. but you know, well, this Saturday, this this Saturday or Sunday, I think it's Saturday, is a college game. It's a the Notre Dame game in Dublin, and uh, I think they play Army. Oh, I believe. the Fighting Irish, yes, yeah, so in Ireland. In Ireland, it's going to be a. Um, oh, that's just, pretty cool. When the first college game starts, I really start getting oh, well, stoked. There you go. And then, of yeah. course, next weekend is opening weekend. Is it already here? Yeah. Already here. Uh, I'm going to be so excited. I just love college football. I, I like the NFL, but I love college oh, football. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 10 to 1. Absolutely. Oh, it is absolutely the best. And I'll watch. And, it's the, and the season's way too short. Oh, I know. It goes by so fast. <laughs> yes, yes. It does. And I'm, I'm, I have no sausage ball ingredients yet. I'm going to have to go get me some. Yeah. I got to get working on my sausage balls and get that started. I gotta have them for my college football. I hope LSU can pull off. You know, on the the Sunday night of opening weekend, we play in Orlando against Florida State. I'm hoping that's a pretty dominant win to, to open the season. I'm hoping well, we hope yeah. we get it going good because you know we won a national championship in uh, women's basketball in the coach's second year. We won a national championship in baseball in the coach's second year, correct? Oh, I know. Yeah. And this is Brian Kelly's second year. Yep. Little little pressure. Time for a football (laughs) championship to return. Well, this weekend, F1 comes back from their summer break. Okay. So there's a race this weekend and next weekend. Oh, so, got that look to look forward to mm-hmm. today. I thought there was one this weekend because you said that you you, you had said something about oh it's race weekend, but I no. couldn't find it. No, 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 no. Uh, today is my son's birthday. Oh, happy birthday! How old is Case? Case man, like thirty seven. No, you're shut old, up. aren't you? Shut up. <laughs> Because I'm only 38. Yeah, I know. I don't understand. Yeah, that's what bizarre. Happened. It goes by so I'm fast. I'm a modern miracle of science. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Father to child at one year old. <laughs> oh, Lord, that is pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, Actually, happy birthday disturbing. to Casey. Yeah. I don't think he's up listening. Probably not. Probably he's, not. No. Uh, mm. um, coming up, though, next hour... Dr. Aaron Benderley from the Pelican Institute, speaking mm-hmm. of uh, school starting. Yeah. <laughs> it's graduation. We're talking graduation standards. Yeah. And coming up at 710, we're going to talk about what the council is doing. Are they going to call for an investigation now? Maybe.
We'll see. Well, I'm not even going to say it. (laughs) Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Happy Monday! Oh my, what we love day. Monday. I do. Yes. I love my job. I'm excited. People that are stressed out. I get to get my blood pressure up right now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that this is uh, this is a little frustrating, a little embarrassing, uh, a little insulting. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, um. And the council had a special meeting. If if you're just jumping on the train, James Green, the council chairman, signed an edict giving council staffers a pay raise. He didn't have the authority to do it, so he rescinded it. But if he didn't have the authority to do it, did he have the authority to rescind it on his own? Uh, The council held a special meeting. Only four of them showed up. Green, Taylor, and Jackson. That's offensive to me. No showed. So the council voted four to nothing to rescind the pay raise, but they voted two to two. Tabitha, uh, excuse me, Ursula Bowman and Gary Brooks voted against calling for a, an outside investigation. Okay, so it was a two to two vote. Tide fails. So no outside investigation. The city attorney was going to investigate. Well, now I get the agenda for the city council meeting, which is the work session today, the meetings tomorrow. And there's a resolution on there for an investigation. Okay. The city attorney is going to investigate. Mm-hmm. That's like finding out, okay, Ruben did something wrong. Aaron, you and Mike find out what it is. Investigate it. Right. Right. Okay. We'll be sure and do that. Mm-hmm. We'll check it out. Well, I mean, the city attorney, I, I trust that they would look in to see, you know, how it came about. And did anybody in payroll, should they have handled things differently? You know, I truly believe the mayor should have known if if people on in, in city government are getting a $10,000 raise, I don't care who it is, the mayor should know. Somebody should have waved a red flag and said, hey, uh, administration, there's a pay raise coming down the pike. Um, right, I don't right. know that we have the authority. Or somebody should have waved a red flag and said, who voted for this? Who approved this? Uh, is it okay for Chairman Green to just approve this on his own? So, but I don't understand is if you voted against an investigation last week during the special meeting, do we think there's any hope that Tabitha Taylor, James Green, and Alan Jackson will vote for an investigation now and join the crew that's calling? I mean, have they changed their tune? Why is it on the agenda again? Why is it there? I hope you're not asking me. I don't understand it. Have Has something changed? I'm hearing uh, the answer is yes. I'm hearing something is going to happen. Will James Green step down as council chairman, as some have called for? Uh, I don't see. I don't. I would be very surprised. Should he be allowed to vote on the investigation call? No. He should recuse himself from that vote, you think? Uh, well, he should. Will Because you're investigating him. Exactly. I need the city attorney to say, should he be allowed to vote on that? Because then, then it's six votes. And if you have, you're still going to need four because you have 
you know, you could have a 3-3 three, three yeah, tie and it would Bowman's fail. Ursula Bowman's already voted against an investigation. Is but she going to change her vote? But have things changed? Has something changed? Um, I'm not sure. It's going to be a real interesting meeting today and tomorrow to find out what indeed they're going to do. Um, I have heard some say that they there may be some changes with the council staff. I've heard some say that Green might be voted out as chair. Um, out of the blue, Alan Jackson called me last week and wants on the air tomorrow and said there's some big things happening or something of that sort. So he is going to join us tomorrow morning. We'll get a sneak peek today about what they're doing because there's, it's again, it's a work, work session. session. Right. Now, will they be quiet today and talk about it tomorrow? I'm not sure. But, um, I just am, I'm really worried about the perception of all of this, Mike, is, is doomsday for the city. I don't think they care. I don't think they care about perception. I think there's so much arrogance on the city council. Mm -hmm. Just, and I'm not talking about one specific person. Right. That I don't think that, that the perception of, of, yeah, of that, of the reality matters to them but what they're going to get hit in the face with is when you come to the people with a bond issue later this year perhaps absolutely or in the spring the people are going to slap you in the face and say not a chance and i'm going to tell you today and i've said this i don't 300 times if james green is chairman of this council when i have to go vote on a bond issue it's a no just, everything just automatically everything i'm not going to vote for anything that will give that man any more money to control he is absolutely shown that he is not responsible and out of control and he's out of control you're so right about that and they need to make a change if they want infrastructure money and they want anybody to support it they need to make a change and show us they're responsible with our money and right now it ain't looking good nope it ain't. It'll be interesting to see after the work session today. Uh, yeah. We'll be watching. So. We, Definitely. We will. And uh, Dr. Allen uh, Jackson is coming on tomorrow. Yes, he is. We've mm-hmm. got him scheduled for the 7 o'clock at this time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what bombs he's going to drop. Hopefully we'll we'll get some more information. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Aaron Benderley with the Pelican Institute joining us at 740. Mike and McCarty. One of Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Kiel. This is the first time last week I came home and it was the first time our AC unit was kind of warm. Ah, yeah. It hasn't kept up with where we set it. Mm-hmm. Unit's not that old. Just a couple of years old. So oh, it's, it's yeah. very efficient. Real, you know, it's been great. Um, but I came home and I was like, oh, it's a little warm in here. Mm-hmm. And I found out an AC unit is is designed to bring your temperature down about 20 degrees from the outside. That's what oh. the design is. So it was 109 Saturday. Yeah. So if it was 109, 
you're looking at 89 in 89 the house. 89 in the what house. Your AC is designed wow. to do. Wow. So when you have it set for, you know, 74. Mm. Now, I had it set for, I, I usually set it like 75 when we leave. Right. And then 70 at night, which freezes my wife out. I but keep mine at 75. All the time. All the time? All the See, time. See, it's too hot for me at, to sleep at Now, in the winter, I put it down lower, you know. Yeah. About 70-ish. Because I don't need I don't need it on all. I don't need it running all the time. I'll bundle up or I'll sleep with fewer clothes if I need. But it was struggling to stay at 77 yeah. this weekend. That's, really where, that's where mine was, 77. Mm-hmm. Mine was the same. And and as, as it got later, but Aaron, last night my, my wife goes, I'm go I'm going running, and it's like seven thirty, oh. okay. And I so I look at my phone, it's ninety nine degrees at seven thirty in the evening. How it's does she still do that? Close to hundred degrees. But how's she out running I in that? I have no idea because she's nuts. Again, will you please stop her? I told you she what she loves it. You know, she she's done medical mission trips for Samaritan's Purse. Mm-hmm. And one year, when she was talking to the coordinator at, at Samaritan's Purse, excuse me, he was like, well, we've got a position in the Middle East right now, but it's really hot there. Ah. And she goes, no, well, that's okay. And he said, no, 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 it's really hot. <laughs> and she goes, that's really okay. Golly. The heat does not bother Wow. Her. She's running in 99 degree yeah. heat. Good night. Now, I, there's also... You have a tracker on her, I hope. Uh, her phone, I guess. Her phone, her phone <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're also under a red flag alert. I've never heard of this. I hadn't either until you mentioned this. So I kind of looked it up. It's, 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 it indicates a high fire alert mm-hmm. for extreme dry conditions, which is obviously what we're under right now. Yes. All this dry vegetation in my area, another one of those big dead tree limbs fell over the weekend. So it came across the roadway, one of the entryways. And I thought, I looked and the residents had pulled it off to the side. So we still have those dead trees that are from the storm a a few weeks back Mm -hmm. that are falling. Those are extremely dangerous because they are dry and dead and any little ignition. And and I understand people are trying to save their lawns because resodding your lawn is expensive. Mm -hmm. But I saw somebody watering like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. Honestly, you're just, from what I understand, you're yep. just burning up your lawn. Mm-hmm. You're actually burning up your lawn. Bad time of day. Because the water sits on the blades of grass and it and that sunlight and heat act as a magnifying glass. It boils it. And you're boiling. That's it. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're actually doing more damage. You need to, to, they say the ideal time is early, early in the morning. Early, early, yeah. Because if you do it at night, it actually could cause mildew mm-hmm. and mold. Right. So, it, But there yeah, are a lot of communities that are urging you not to water your grass right now because of saying, water right. issues. Uh, you know, particularly in DeSoto Parish, we know they're urging folks, don't use the water unless you absolutely have to for your own personal use. No filling up pools, no washing cars, no watering your lawns. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we might have burned up lawns. That may be part of this. But man, we want to keep our water flowing because if otherwise, well, shoot. Issues like the fire department. 
uh, like like he was saying in was it DeSoto Parish mm-hmm. that the fire department needs to be able to access water. Yes, and absolutely. if the water pressure is so low because mm-hmm. people are have used or are using water, right. And we had a we've use. had water pressure issues in Shreveport a smidge, and as Clarence Reese, the fire chief, told us, they were able to reroute water from like a fire hydrant from another area if that's, they get to a amazing. fire hydrant, which is kind of cool. So they're they're able to do that right now, but we could get to the point where that could be an issue too. So you know, if your lawn can live without it for a little while, it's best to. Not water the lawn because otherwise we're going to be talking about a water problem in the next week or so because there's no end in sight for this right now. Not, at least for another two weeks. Yes. This is crazy. This is miserable. You can't even walk from your car. Like walking into the convention center this weekend, I'd get in and I'd have to sit down and rest because <laughs> I'm like, it is so hot. I <laughs> yeah. need to cool off a minute. Miserable. Miserable. Uh, Bill Cassidy, Senator Bill Cassidy. Uh, made some comments over the weekend, mm-hmm. but uh, he's going to join us coming up in the eight o'clock hour. You bet. And and we'll talk with him about some things that he said, and also some things that he's got uh, in the works as mm-hmm. well. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. have to admit i'm not a huge like ultimate fighting mm-hmm. you know yeah fan I, I i don't know it's a little brutal mm-hmm. i don't do it either but i am a boxing fan ironically okay um there's <laughs> my father boxed golden gloves oh okay years ago i don't know if you remember you're not from here so you probably no. don't remember irish mcneil I mean, you've been here a long time, but yeah, I don't remember. No, um, yeah, my dad boxed Irish McNeil uh, with I- the Irish McNeil gym mm-hmm. years and years ago. I remember Tim Demend in the Olympics. Wow, Howard Costello, wow. little Timmy Demend, really? And yes. Oh man, from Bossier City, Louisiana. Oh, cool. Um, but there's a there's actually a a, a boxing event coming. To the East Bank District in Bossier. Oh, cool. Coming up. This is the 21st. This weekend. Nice. The 26th. There's going to be like 20 bouts. It's a fundraiser for DeMint Brothers Boxing. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's exciting. So 20 boxing. Hopefully it won't rain. get rained out. Oh, it's outdoor? What are you saying? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> So bad. I know, right? I'm sorry. You can't box outdoors. I don't know that it's not outdoors. It's uh, it's at the Bossier East Bank District. I, I it, yeah. Well, where the where's indoors over there for do that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, we'll have uh, to figure that out. Yeah, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I'll find out. Uh, Dr. Aaron Bendeleev with the Pelican Institute going to be joining us next. Mike and McCarty. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Dr. Aaron Benderley joining us. Good morning, Dr. Benderley. Good morning. 
thank you for taking time to talk with us. Uh, this is kind of interesting because we've all attended uh, graduation ceremonies where people seem to there's there's no decorum anymore. Is am I correct in assuming that? Well, they've, they've certainly changed a little bit over the years. You know, the thing that I remember from my high school graduation ceremony is, you know, the, the point that's always made that it's a commencement. And that word means that it's not the end of something, but it's the beginning of something else. And in this case, the beginning of that transition to adulthood, whether kids are going on to college or going into the workplace. Um, and so, you know, I'm happy to join you today to talk about you know how how that seems to let me, be also let me <laughs> let me ask you this doc uh bessie's having a public hearing friday they're considering a measure to literally water down the standards um to let more kids graduate so they don't have to make the grade or pass the tests this is just setting those kids up for failure is it not it's like promoting them when they're not ready I agree with you. I mean, it really calls into question the readiness of these students to to meet the, the really challenging demands in our economy. And those expectations are getting higher. They're not getting lower. So this is something that has been a, a fairly contentious issue. Uh, it was given preliminary approval by the Board of Education on a six to five vote. Um, actually, your local Bessie member did not support this, um, but it's going, it's going to come up for another vote here probably in October, and the public has been weighing in through letters, through the rulemaking, public comment process, and you're right, there's going to be a public hearing this Friday for people who want to come in person and testify and share their thoughts on this proposal. How did this even get to be an issue? Who's pushing a plan to lower our standards and why? There are, you know, uh, several members of the board um, who you know, who have who have looked at Louisiana's longstanding graduation requirements. And I'm talking about requirements that have been in effect for about 30 years. And many, many years ago, the legislature and the board put these requirements in place to address social promotion, to address the problem we were having years ago of kids graduating not fully ready for success. Um, and so there have been a small number of students, it's about 3% of students per year who continue to not meet those requirements, but instead of really drilling down into how can we help those kids get across the finish line, the board has proposed a workaround to get around the expectations, and that's not going to serve any student well. Doesn't this start when you go back to uh, like third and fourth grade reading levels and they they can't make the mark, but they promote students anyway? They're not passing the tests, but they still promote students. We've got to stop doing that. Exactly. In many cases, you're right. I mean, we didn't just wake up one day uh, with these kids in 12th grade and say, oh, oh my goodness, they're behind and right. they, can't, they can't meet the standard. In most cases, we have known for years, and you can go back through their LEAP scores back in 8th grade, back in 5th grade, and we see that they have been struggling year after year. Again, that calls for better interventions, better tutoring, better summer programs, all of these things that we have been investing in and that we know works. We need more of that to be done for these kids. We don't need an escape plan or a way to get around the requirement. That's not going to serve them well, and it's not going to serve our state well. Let me ask you this, Doc. Um, you are urging folks to get in touch with Bessie, 
to to write them to weigh in if you can't be at the Bessie meeting Friday to make your voice heard now, right? How do folks do that? They can go to the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education website. There's a page there where they can see the contact information for their local Bessie representative. Um, they can send an email. There are phone numbers there. Any way that they can weigh in, and certainly if they're able to travel to Baton Rouge, there's a public hearing this Friday, Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. in Baton Rouge. So whatever way they can make their thoughts known on this issue, now is the time. Are you worried the 6-5 vote is, is locked in stone and it's going to move forward? Uh, I, I think we'll we'll have to see what happens. I know that already there has been a written public comment period where a number of individuals and organizations have weighed in and sent letters. I'll tell you, in looking at those letters, there's not a single letter that has been submitted that is in support of the proposed policy. So a lot of people are raising questions. Employers also, business organizations, chambers, have said we're concerned about the quality of our workforce. If we can't depend on the fact that a diploma signifies that that a student has mastered basic skills, if that diploma becomes meaningless, then that's going to affect our future workforce. And so I'm really hoping the board will pay attention to this and, and decide to go in a different direction. Dr. Aaron Bendeley with the Pelican Institute. Thank you. Keep us posted on the progress on this. I sure will. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 17. 17- Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Well, you have to talk first. We have to, we have to turn on your mic and then you talk. Yeah. That's what you I'm, do. I'm not ready. You're not oh, ready? Okay. You, a, no. You need to get ready. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. Oh. Yeah. We're on. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we're both. Our batteries are running down. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> when you work, when you, when you work. a long a, weekend. Long weekend. And uh, you, we, we're starting to, uh, we're starting to crash. We're looking at each other like, are we done yet? Are we, we were at uh, the Shreveport Convention Center, mm-hmm. which by the way, kudos, Convention Center. Uh, they did a good job. It was, at least AC was working well. AC was working. Yeah. The, the security was good. I mean, you know, there were a lot I of police really officers any there. Issues? I have not. We had the, um, we had some of the holy rollers out for a brief time. Um, preaching on Saturday, Saturday. yeah, because they couldn't stand the heat. But they, Saturday they, afternoon, they, the bullhorn was going. I mean, it, you know, and I, God bless them; they have a right to do that, and they they don't like Geeks Con for some reason. It's evil. It's devil worship. Whatever it is, so they come out every year and they preach to us, and we just kind of ignore them. So they were there again, but they minded their business by just standing on the corner and doing what they do. So. But we had thousands of people. I mean, speaking of, it was packed. I got to work with the original model for Tinkerbell, Disney's Tinkerbell. Mm. She she recorded. They filmed her in 1951 and 52. Uh, she was on stage in costume, doing all of the scenes. Right. That uh, that uh, were, were in the film, and then the animators based the character on on her movements and facial expressions and everything. Oh. Ninety four years old, Aaron. 
and she was, was showing amazing. these kids her dance, her dance steps. Yes, her move. Oh, she was just. It was hilarious. And you know when she you're was awesome. Ninety four. She was the sweetest woman. Oh I worked gosh. with her for a little bit yesterday. And sharp as a tack. I mean, oh. there was no degradation mentally yes. with her at all. She would go, hey, do we have another one of those plastic sleeves for this yeah. beautiful young lady? And I'm, yep, we are got it right here, Margaret. We're good. She was simply amazing. It was a lot of fun. She really what was. What a treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel talking about this triple digit forecast. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, meteorologist with the Weather Channel, Richard Llewelling joining us. Richard, good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to y'all. How are y'all this morning? Well, we're doing well. Tell me, Aaron was asking, what is a red flag alert and are we under one now? Yeah, well, that's uh, just an elevated fire danger concern for us here in Shreveport today as the dry conditions and uh, you know, low relative humidity is going to continue to produce uh, fire weather concerns across the area. So, you know, you want to avoid all outside burning or if you're a welder, if you're a welder and you're welding outside, uh, you don't want to do that. And of course, you don't want to toss a lit cigarette outside the window because it could start a grass fire or cause other issues. And that red flag warning is in place until eight o'clock tonight. Well, how about not tossing a cigarette out because it's a trashy thing to do anyway, <laughs> lit or not? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't smoke either, so. <laughs> Richard, how hot is it going to be? I mean, the, the, again, 105, is that what you're saying? Yeah, about 105 here today. I was looking over the numbers uh, from over the weekend. We had two days where it was 109 degrees, Friday and Saturday, and uh, I think it was 107 yesterday, I think is what I saw. So oh, pretty, uh, wow. you know, this is this is, this is is air conditioning, at, you know, with these type temperatures. 105 today, 104 tomorrow, 106 on Wednesday. The ridge that's responsible for the heat is going to expand, and we've got excessive heat advisories and heat alerts that stretch all the way to southern Minnesota and as far east as uh, Kentucky. And it will continue to expand eastward all the way to the eastern seaboard as we move on through the week ahead. The ridge of high pressure this morning is now centered in southern Missouri, and it's going to be responsible for the triple-digit heat all week long. In fact, it looks like uh, the warmest days of this week are going to come up on Thursday and Friday for us, where we'll be around 108 for afternoon highs. And then uh, signs are pointing to some slightly cooler temperatures in about a week's time instead of Triple-digit temperatures will probably see daytime highs closer uh, to not, to 100 instead of, you know, closer to 110. More seasonal readings in the forecast as we close out the month of August. And then it looks like the chances for another run at triple-digit heat as we move toward Labor Day weekend with temperatures ranging anywhere between 100 and 103 for afternoon highs. Nighttime lows will be cooling off somewhat, but still pretty warm, mostly 70s for highs here as we really don't see much in the way of any significant cool down coming. We could use some rain. It's getting pretty dry out there. Tropics, uh, you know, there's stuff happening in the Gulf of Mexico this morning. Mm -hmm. We do have an area of low pressure that's south of Mobile and Pensacola this morning, you know, by a couple of hundred miles. It's going to continue to track toward uh, the uh, Texas coast over the next couple of days. Could become a tropical depression or a storm. But it looks like if it's going to bring any rain at all, 
it's going to be extreme south Texas, south of Corpus Christi, on down toward uh, uh, Brownsville and, and Matamoros, where they will see a little bit better chance for some rain down there. But I don't think the chances of uh, rain getting up this far north and breaking the ridge is going to happen anytime soon. We we can't bear much more of this. Will there be any relief, not necessarily from the from the Gulf, but from anything else that you see brewing out on the western coast that's headed this way? This this ridge of high pressure is pretty intense. I mean, it, it's probably one of the strongest highs that we've seen in quite some time on the weather maps this morning. I mean, the pressures are super high. I mean, if this was if this was winter time, this would be a this would be an Arctic blast, but unfortunately, it's uh, you know it's 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 the summertime, so we're dealing with the heat. Nothing really showing signs that uh, anything's going to break this ridge down anytime soon, at least until not after Labor Day. You know uh, the the hurricane that went into Southern California over the weekend uh, with uh, Hillary. It's quickly accelerating on the northern uh, or on the western edge of the periphery of high pressure, so it's going to be moving from Northern California to Canada in less than 18 hours, and then it's going to ride up along the Canadian border. Best chances for any rain is going to be on the northern edge of that ridge, and right now that's in North Dakota on into Minnesota. Mm. So, you know, that's, you know, 2,000 miles of just nothing but hot, dry air that's going to stay in place for the better part of two weeks. So no relief on the horizon anytime soon. Now, we're in hurricane season now, is that correct? Yeah, we are approaching the peak of the hurricane season, and we have a ton of activity going on out in the Atlantic. Three named systems at the moment in the Atlantic. Uh, and, of course, that area of disturbed weather that will more than likely become a depression or a storm uh, a little bit later on uh, uh, this week. Uh, but the systems out further out in the Atlantic are basically the only one that's got a, of any real uh, significance is going to impact Puerto Rico bring some rain into a Puerto Rico, possibly uh, the Dominican Republic and Haiti over the next couple of days. Uh, and then that quickly moves out into the Atlantic. A lot of fish storms uh, this time around. So nothing of an immediate threat to the U.S. East Coast as uh, basically the ridge that's over the center part of the country is kind of dictating weather. And I think that's going to be the case for at least uh, through between now and Labor Day uh, as a lot of the action is just going to stay uh, kind of being steered by that high pressure and away from the U.S. East Coast Gulf and just kind of keeping us dry and hot. Red flag warning right now. Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel. Thank you for your time. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. So today is the work session for the council. Mm-hmm. It's a, the just a regular work session meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, do they set an agenda for that? Like like the council meeting? It's the same agenda. They what they do is they go over the agenda the day before to iron out any questions they might have about it, and then the next day it's the same agenda. So it's um, they just kind of rehash it all one and day. When and the was next. that special called meeting last week? Was that? On a, was that last Thursday? I'm not I sure the date. I'm the, not. I'm not sure. I, I'm. It was at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and you and I both were watching the live streaming. Mm-hmm. And by the time they finally did get it up, it was almost what nine ten or nine. Yeah, it was it late was, before they got the stream going. 
Um, and then and then there were only four council members present. Right. Aaron, that immediately set me off. Yeah, that's you know that's kind of shameful. That and the chairman of, of whom the subject of this special called meeting was about mm-hmm. didn't deem it important enough to show up. Right. Nor did his, I'll say, supporters to be nice mm-hmm. council members. And and Alan Jackson may have a, 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 a you know he may have a story of why he wasn't there. I mean he has a job. He'll, he he ta- the thing is with his job at Grambling, he he does and I do know this because he's told me before he sets the dates of the council meetings, the dates he's going to take off. I mean he has to set vacation dates, and maybe the special meeting came you know at last minute and he wasn't able to take uh, that date uh, off. Oh, uh, I I understand that. That could be. Uh, uh, Councilman Drink Green runs his own show. He can do what he wants with his schedule. Um, for me, he should have sucked it up, take the pill, swallow the pill, go before the people you you offended, and sit there and listen and apologize personally to them. Didn't do it. That was his choice. Uh, I'm disappointed. Just the fact that Green, mm-hmm. Tabitha Taylor, and Alan Jackson didn't show up. Regardless of the reasons why, mm-hmm. the optics of it did not look good. Right, right. There's it no appeared doubt. to be a coordinated effort. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it was, but that's what it appeared. Yeah. And again, kudos to Ursula Bowman. Uh, she was there. And she's the one that first stood up to these pay raises. Yeah. On, on the, uh, I'll say, left side of the council. Right. She's not happy with them. Um, now, what they have done, they vote, and during that special meeting when only four were there, they voted two to two against calling for an outside investigation. So, because it was a tie vote, it failed. But now they have requested that the investigation be put back on the agenda. And let's put this before the whole... Maybe it's to vote it down by all of them. You know, to go here. We dealt with it by all of us. We're voting it down. Maybe it's that some people have changed their minds and they want to call for an investigation. I don't know. Um, but, but you can't have an entity investigating itself. You can't have the city of Shreveport investigating the city of Shreveport. That's the that's the problem. If you have the city attorney, but I, you know, I trust that they'll try to be independent. I don't. But you and I'm not. Tr- I'm not accusing our city attorney no. of being anything untoward. You can't have an entity invest because the city council controls the city attorney's budget. Thank you. You know, that's just the nature of the beast. So it doesn't look good. Um, so I'm I'm hoping they'll get somebody outside to do it. Whether it's the legislative auditor's office, whether it's, you know, some investigative team, I don't know. I know it's back on the agenda, which was kind of surprising. Um, and I'm not sure the motives. I'm not sure why you it's there. You also got a phone call last week. I did. From Dr. Alan Jackson. I did. Dr. Jackson called Late me. last week. And he said he wanted to be on the show tomorrow, Tuesday. And he said, and I said, are we doing something different? Are we doing something new? He said, let's just say something big things are happening. And I said, hmm, could Council Chair Green be ousted? He said, let's just say some big things are happening. 
I asked him again, kind of similar <laughs> questions. Let's just say some big things are happening. He wouldn't spill any beans. He wasn't spilling tea, beans, nothing, <laughs> and I tried my darndest. So he's joining us in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. We'll see what he's got to say. In the work session today. Mm-hmm. And we'll hopefully hear something about the work session. Yeah. We do know that the council does have funds for investigations. I mean, they have an account set aside for investigations. So it's not like this would be money that they're going to have to take out of something else. They have a fund to set aside for that. So maybe we go to, maybe we dig into it. Maybe we let some outsider come in and go, let's find out what really happened. And I'll say, I think our council staff is overpaid. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, if you have a receptionist making more money than a police officer in this town, I'm sorry. That's I don't care how hard they work. Yeah. That's bass backwards. It's it, our priorities mm-hmm. are way out of whack. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they and they should address that. They really should. You can't look at our police officers when they stand in front of you and you have a receptionist who answers the phone and drafts memos who's making more than that officer. Even the clerk of counsel, if if you're telling me they're making $100,000 and you're going to give them a $10,000 raise, mm. that is a slap in the face of yeah. every city employee. They already make more than the mayor at the hundred grand. Uh, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating. Mm. We'll find out. Dr. Alan Jackson joining us tomorrow. Coming up here in just about 10 minutes or so, uh, Councilman, (laughs) Senator Bill Cassidy going to join us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Senator Bill Cassidy going to be joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline coming up right after the break. Uh, A few topics we want to talk to him about, including his call for Donald Trump to uh, pull out of the presidential race. That's all up after the break. Mike and McCarty. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Senator Bill Cassidy joins us talking about a plethora of subjects. Good morning, Senator. Mike, how are you, man? Good morning, Aaron. Doing very well, thank you. Hey, good news for Barksdale Air Force Base. We're, of course, huge supporters and fans of our military here. And you uh, were able to get uh, more funding, is that correct? Yeah, about $128 million. I once met the commander of um, actually Fort Polk or Fort Johnson, whatever, and he said, you know, it isn't important that we get the money for the sake of the base. It's important that we get the money for the sake of our national defense. And I really, truly believe that. Now, the, for the sake of our national defense, you got to take care of the airmen and the soldiers at those different bases. we got $128 million for uh, Barksdale. Um, and uh, $112 million is going for a weapons generation facility. Okay, you need that. It's weapons. But but the other money is going in some way to support the airmen and the airwomen. Yay. Medical facilities, child development, dormitory. Uh, but we're trying to make Barksdale uh, a better place as it contributes to the defense of the United States of America. 
You've also got some money in here um, to take a look, a close look at. We've had flooding issues along the Red River, and and we need to decide what we need to do to dredge the river. And you've got some money aside to study that, right? Absolutely. Economic development is important for Northwest Louisiana, as well as economic development, as well as flood protection. So, uh, if you give them the, the Corps, has a whole pot of money. Uh, if you give it to them in a directed fashion, they'll use it for the particular thing you tell them to do. And there's five hundred thousand dollars to look at the J. Bennett Johnson Waterway, about deepening it to twelve feet. The port, uh, Cato Bozier tells me they need that to get their bigger barges up, but it would also help with some of the, some of the flooding. When I went up there in 2016 and took a boat ride with Sheriff Whittington, I remember at one point looking and saying, "Is that the bank?" He goes, "That's not the bank." Um, you know, and, and, and there was so much water, you couldn't tell what was the bank of the, of the, of the Red River and what was not. And so we need to improve that situation as well as economic development. Senator Cassidy, I'm looking at one of the items on your list and it just makes me want to hit someone. I'm glad you're not in the room. Has our, has our Secretary of Education actually criticized parents? who are involved in their children's education, that you sent me that. That's bogus. That can't be true. It is true. If you look either on the state level in places like California, on the federal level, there is a move to take power away from parents when it comes to issues such as the education of their child or, say, for example, in California, or whether or not the child is thinking of a gender transition uh, you know, don't call me he, call me she. Uh, don't tell the parent and turn it over to the activist and, and within the school system. And so we're trying to push back on that whole kind of can you believe it type of activity, depriving parents of that which they should have, which is which is the major role in their child's education and how the child is raised. We want more parental involvement, don't we? I mean, isn't that the healthy way to educate our children? Well, you know, uh, the left wanted more parental involvement and concept. And then when COVID came along and parents found out what their children were actually being educated, they couldn't believe it. Let me give you an example. There's vouchers that go to daycares that would allow the daycare to take in low-income parents. But to receive the voucher... They've got to use educational material from a certain kind of entity, a certain organization. When you look at this material given by this organization, and, I, and this was read in a hearing, it is material that includes things about being confused about your gender. You don't know whether you're a boy or a girl. Now, these are for kids who are age zero to age five. There's also stuff that says there was no racism until whites came along and whites came up with the concept of race and that's kind of the origin of all our problems now this is what this is among the material that these daycares are required to use if they if if, if they're going to receive parents with this federal voucher now in fairness the daycare doesn't have to use it they can choose other parts of the material but this is among the stuff that some parents children are being exposed to. And we are trying to go after that. That's inappropriate. That's an agenda of the left. It's not an agenda for parents.
Bill, we're talking. Uh, we're talking with Senator Bill Cassidy. There's an item on your on your list that we uh, we were talking about a Congressional Review Act resolution to overturn. I need you to explain this to me. A Department of Labor rule that removes religious protections for federal contractors put into place by the Trump administration. Tell me what what's the issue here? So. So uh, if you are, for example, a church um, that is going to, that is, are a nonprofit related to a church, that, um, uh, and part of your mission is to uh, your Catholic adoption agency, uh, and part of your mission obviously is to help with adoption, and part of your mission is frankly do it in a Catholic way. Um, the, there's, there's certain rules out there that the federal government would impose upon a contractor. But the Trump administration rightly said that we're not going to make you sacrifice your primary mission as you're otherwise fulfilling this other mission to benefit all, all to benefit fellow Americans. Uh, the Biden administration wants to supersede that. It wants to say, listen, either you adhere to what we think you should be doing with your religious organization, or we're not going to allow you to serve your fellow Americans. Uh, at least not as a contractor for the federal government. So as one of my colleagues says, uh, uh, a a religious organization should not have to check its values at the door when it begins to help the federal government serve fellow Americans. And so, uh, and by the way, these rights are enshrined in our First Amendment, um, freedom of religion. So so, uh, uh, we're protesting that. One more reason by why we have to replace the Biden administration. I got you. Okay. Speaking of Trump, uh, you went on the Sunday shows yesterday, and I got it sent to me by a dozen people. Uh, folks, pay attention. Because Senator Cassidy said, quote, Trump should drop out, and he calls the classified documents case almost a slam dunk. Um, explain why you said that. Well, let's work backwards. The classified documents case, President Trump is heard on a tape showing classified documents to report to, to two biographers of Mark Meadows. He's saying, I shouldn't have these. They're not classified, but here they are, and you hear them flipping through it. So it's his own voice confessing what he's done, showing the documents to two people who you know are going to be called as witnesses. Now, don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. That's that's a reality. Now, uh, and I'm told in a court, the most powerful evidence against someone is their own testimony. Mm. So, again, don't shoot me. Uh, this is the case. And, um, and uh, I, you know, just on the face of it, it's going to be tough for the guy. He's, he's, now, lead, he's leading the Republican contenders, but you think he should bow out. Because if there's a Fox poll that just came out, a Fox poll, not mainstream media, Fox, that shows President Trump losing to President Biden. Now, I think we need to beat Biden, period, in the store. But if because of these legal issues, uh, our candidate cannot win, then and if we think that beating President Biden is the most important thing for our country, then... Um, you know, kind of leads to the next statement. Mm-hmm. If if President Trump wants to beat President Biden, 
but he's being dragged down, then he can support our country. He can fulfill that mission of being Biden by doing the noble thing. You, so you, who who would you support as the Republican nominee? Anybody on that debate stage in Milwaukee is going to be better than President Biden. Period. End of story. Period. End of story. So who, who can beat uh, Biden? Who can, who has the better chance of beating Biden? All of them. All of them. You know the all of them, but Trump. Lost. Well, that's what the poll shows. And this is the president, uh, former president's high watermark. I mean, he's going to be continued to drag down. And they're going to have the hearing on the documents case, which, as I told you, it's his own voice saying, I got him here. Let me show him to you. Um, but what about Biden on on camera talking about how he got the uh, Ukrainian official fired to get his son out of trouble? He's on tape saying hey, it. I got hey, two million dollars, a billion dollars. Biden. That's why we got to beat Biden. But so so you just listed one of the many reasons why we got to beat Biden. Oh, I agree. But if you look at but if you look at the polling right now, Biden is beating Trump. Now again, don't shoot the messenger. This is I want to beat I want to beat Biden, and so and I think it's going to be important for our country to do so. Uh, so I'm just trying to line it up uh, so that we do. But but you're not on Trump's speed dial, probably. He's not going to listen to Senator Cassidy. Donald no, Trump, not, Donald Trump is not going to drop out. Well, he might not. He might not. But if but if you but again. If you think that beating Biden is important for the future of our country, and I really do, uh, and polling shows that President Trump can't win, that Biden's going to beat him, well, then all I can say is uh, that would be a noble thing for him to do if he thinks that beating Biden is good for the future of our country. Senator, but, you know, again, I, yeah, that's going to be his call, not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Senator Bill Cassidy, we, we do thank you for your time. Appreciate you coming on with us. Hey, Mike, Aaron, great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. 1017 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. You the hiccups? Alan Jackson tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Dr. Alan Jackson, Shreveport City Council, joining us tomorrow in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, council work session today. Mm-hmm. Is it three o'clock? Their meeting. Yeah, three o'clock today, and it's live streamed. Live streamed. Yep. Okay. They, they, I think they still have issues with the live stream. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But um, oh, they'll have it on was, a couple of spots. That was embarrassing itself. That is the they special need to, I mean, called meeting. They couldn't even get it live stream. Uh, yeah, we've had issues with that live stream. It was more like we were the Zwali Council than the Shreveport Council. It's been uh, it's been a debacle for a long time. The mic level. By the way, I'm getting ready to write my email on streetlights. Westbound I twenty from Hearn. <laughs> yeah, past Monkhouse. Right. Yes, nary a light is on, y'all. Yeah, not one. Oh, There's no, not one that. light on. Came through this. One. I forgot to look at the numbers for the El Lotto. Oh, yeah, it, it's it's still growing, 291, I think. Yeah, but i got to send my email to the mayor now. Because I'm just, we fix them, and then uh, six weeks later, they're out again. There's an issue with the wires. You got gophers or something <laughs> chewing them up. Figure that out. I just got a text. How hard did you bite your tongue in that interview with Cassidy? <laughs> Oh, boy, we can't even read some of the messages on the message board. 
Senator Cassidy got is getting pilloried, just FYI. Yeah. Rhino well, is the and, nicest we can say. And, and look, I'll say Fox News, you fired Tucker Carlson because he actually spoke the truth? That's disturbing. Mm. Fox News ain't what it used to be. Yeah. I hate to sure. say that. That's it's changed definitely, no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Alan Jackson will join us tomorrow. We'll keep you up to date on the latest developments of that city council. Falderall, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten Kiel.